Chris can have a big year. You never know. I light it you up know, through the air. You mean Kit, right, well, you mean the, the same Chris Venter that's now in Sports Illustrated today? <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. Fitzmagic will be at the helm in South Beach. Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores named Ryan Fitzpatrick the starting quarterback when Miami opens the season September 8th against the Baltimore Ravens. After a tough training camp battle between him and Josh Rosen, Fitzpatrick is now set to start under center for his eighth team. Dallas Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones says he believes Ezekiel Elliott could miss more than just a September 8th regular season opener against the New York Giants in a contract dispute. The Cowboys and Elliott's representatives have had talks in recent days but nothing appears imminent. And Buffalo Bills place kicker Stephen Hauschka told ESPN Thursday night if U.S. soccer star Carly Lloyd decides to pursue an NFL kicking career, he wants to help out any way he can. I'm Chris Pavona, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Welcome in. Happy Friday, everybody. This is the Fantasy BFFs. I am Frank Stamfel. You heard it from Parts Unknown. EY telling everybody right before the program, if you do not watch the BFFs, you will suffer the consequences. And to my right, it is my good buddy, Matt Modica, at CTM Baseball of The Athletic. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Oh, no, it's going really well. I'm uh, pretty stoked for this evening. Uh... We get to defend the title of the New York Super, so we'll be receiving the belt. And, you know, hopefully good things will happen. Pick it from the ninth spot. Matt Modica, high-stake draft tonight. He'll be drafting at 8 p.m. I'll be drafting over at the Stewart Hotel as well. 6 p.m., that's the NFFC primetime draft. I have the fifth pick. So, selfishly, a lot of the questions that I'm going to ask both you and EY are going to be the questions that I have. And hopefully the questions that other people have as well. I already alluded to it. You heard it right before the program. EY, we had to work that program, uh, that promo into the start of the show. It was amazing. How are you doing, EY? Yeah, I was pretty fired up yesterday. I sound like a complete psychopath. Um, I'd have it no good. other way. Which is good, which is good, because uh, I am a psychopath. Uh, so yeah, it's. I mean, the truth is, is you got to form your own opinion. That's what makes fantasy sports amazing. But uh, I mean, listen to people. Like, look, I, I'm basically unemployed. I have no life. I have no children. This is what I do all day, every day. I consume everything. I read everything. I watch video. I watch tape. I've watched every single snap of the preseason. That's how insane I am. 
the psycho that is Eric Young. EY, you've met Matt Modica mm-hmm. before, right? Because this is like a Good joining of yeah, the Bills sure. fans. Yeah, that, Bills fans. Two, United, two Bills fans, sure. one Jet fan. You know, <laughs> this is uh, this is quite the room. Bills Mafia, baby. Bills Mafia. You know, if there's anyone that's worthy enough to uh, put you through a flaming table, it's probably EY. If somebody's going to do it, I would want nobody else but EY. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, basically on today's show, we're going to answer a lot of your final fantasy football draft questions. If you have questions, you could tweet at me right now, at Roto underscore Frank. You can write them in on the YouTube chat. Uh, make sure you watch on Zumo TV as well. That's channel 719. But Guys, I want to start it off real quick. You know, we got a couple minutes before the break, and you know, if, if we don't hit on all of it before the break, we'll we'll touch on it afterwards as well. But everything that's going on with Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, this is real at this point, Matt. Mm-hmm. And you have you have picked nine tonight. Yes. So there is a chance that Ezekiel Elliott will fall to you at pick nine. I have pick five, and I said this yesterday with Greg Sussman. I said I will not be drafting Ezekiel Elliott. And look, I understand the upside that Ezekiel Elliott has. Two out of the three years that he's played a full season, he has led the NFL in rushing. The one year that he didn't play 16 games, he was suspended. He led the NFL in rushing yards per game. I understand how good Ezekiel Elliott Mm -hmm. is. But with everything that's coming out about, they could wait at least six weeks before he plays. They, They have a really easy schedule their first three games of the season as well. Matt, where there's smoke, there's fire. And over the past couple of days, his ADP has dropped a little bit. He's down into you know that 6.1 range. So he's going pick six, pick seven. Whereas for most of draft season, he was going as a top four pick. If he falls to you at pick nine, will you be selecting Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, no, I will not be taking him there. The, only w- the first consideration I'd have is if I'm at the turn, then maybe. But I do think he's going to sign at some point. It's not going to be six weeks or more. But I'd rather just take a James Conner type, who I think with the Steelers' offensive line, the Steelers' way, there really isn't a more uh, fantasy-friendly team. You know the guys, you know their role. So I would go that direction or like a DeAndre Hopkins if I'm picking fifth or something. I'm praying somebody takes Zeke, and I can start off that way. Eli, I'm going to throw a similar question your way. I know that you have been one of, if not the biggest Zeke supporter. I believe you had him as your RB1 for the, for the most part throughout draft season. But now we're getting closer. We're almost to that point where if he doesn't sign over this weekend, he's already going to be ruled out for week one. So Tony Pollard is shooting up draft boards right now. We'll talk about Tony Pollard as well. But EY, at what point in the draft are you pulling the trigger on Ezekiel Elliott? Are you not lowering him at all? Are you still taking him inside those top four picks? Or are we at the point now where we have to start to devalue Ezekiel Elliott for the season? Uh, so, absolutely true story. Last night, I did my home league draft, my last draft of the the fantasy season, and I picked nine in a 14-team, and I took Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, there's some questionable players in this league, for sure. It's, I, it's been going for 14 years. Some guys that just, I mean, literally, they don't have any idea what they're doing. I said yesterday, I, I call these guys donators. Um uh, and they just have no clue. Like, they don't know who's playing. You know, one guy tried to draft Bo Jackson. It's It's crazy. But. I took Zeke at nine. If you honestly believe that Jerry Jones want Tony Pollard starting and not in Zeke Elliott, you're insane. What he's saying, he, he's, a, he's a, a smart businessman. What he's saying is he's fully prepared to have Zeke not play. He wants Zeke to believe that. He wants their agents to believe it. They don't believe that, and that's why this kind of situation is going on. I still believe in my heart that Zeke will be there week one and play. And I showed it last night, taking him ninth overall. And I was happy to do it. 
how early are you willing to select Ezekiel Elliott EY? Because at, you just mentioned it. You think he's going to be there week one. Does that mean you're not devaluing devaluing him at all? You're taking him as a you know a top two, top four pick. How early do you take Ezekiel Elliott right now? I get it. Everyone's psyche is scrambled from the Le'Veon Bell situation last year. Everyone said, no, for sure, for sure. He's going to play. He's going to play. This is a guy that had been franchise tagged twice. He 100% believed he was he should be the highest paid player in the league. He was in a completely different contract situation than Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. If Ezekiel Elliott wants to make it to free agency, and trust me, he does, he needs to play more games. He needs to play games this year. He's going to play games this year. Jerry Jones knows that he has to pay this man. The window for them to win and win big is shrinking. Jerry Jones wants to win. Ezekiel Elliott will play week one. I'm guaranteeing it. We'll have a bunch more questions just like this for the rest of the show. It's the Fantasy BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV network. Now on Zumo Channel 719. It's Matt. It's EY. It's Frank. We'll be back right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. The vibration, because we're about to rock the entire nation. I can't sing the entire time without Greg Sussman. I know Matt Modique is not going to sing with me. I know EY's not going to sing with me over Skype either. So uh, we'll save the singing for when Greg Sussman is back. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of something. I'll give you a little teaser here. But welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stample, joined by Matt Modica. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at CTM Baseball. Matt Modica of The Athletic. Matt, let us know real quick what you have going on at The Athletic for both fantasy football and fantasy baseball. If you're still doing baseball. I yeah, think. no, I'm doing baseball. We're going to close it out. We're going to the end of the year. I put the uh, two starts every week on uh, Sunday. Do a podcast as well with Al Melchior, just, you know, setting you up for the week. And for football, I dropped, you know, the recent ADP report. I gave you a walkthrough of the, of the first 10 rounds, who I like, what I see, what's, inter- what's interesting there. You know, obviously, Mack and Hilton, you know, dropping my thoughts on that as well. All right, so, yeah, make sure you check that out over at The Athletic. Matt Modica here live in studio. We have Eric Young over on Skype, and we were talking about Ezekiel Elliott just before we hit the break. I'm going to ask you guys just like a, a piggyback question off Ezekiel Elliott. Matt, if you do end up with a share of Ezekiel Elliott at the back end of the first round, mm-hmm. how early is too early when it comes to drafting Tony Pollard? Because we've heard the reports about, all right, it could be six weeks. I know you were just telling me during the break that Ezekiel Elliott only needs like three games of service time for this account as an accrued season. So there's a chance, there's still a chance that Ezekiel Elliott misses a large portion. How early is too early to take Tony Pollard if you have Ezekiel Elliott as well? well I mean, yeah. I mean, if you take Zeke, you have to hone in on Tony Pollard. Uh, say he was going in the ninth round, I have to be interested in him in, in, in the seventh round. And, you know, depending upon who's there, how I set my team up, what other running backs I have is going to be critical in that aspect as well. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with, like, a Damian Williams. I like Damian Williams and all. 
But if I draft Damian Williams, I am making it a prerogative to have Darwin Thompson. Even if I don't have Damian Williams, I'm still making it a prerogative to have Darwin Thompson. I'm just going to be even that more aggressive. So Tony Pollard over the past two days of NFFC drafts going off the board at 95.3. That's his ADP. So that's in the eighth round. Mm -hmm. Uh, EY, do you feel the need to have to get Tony Pollard, if you also draft Ezekiel Elliott, you know, if he's going in the eighth round of some of these high-stakes drafts, you might have to pull him up around earlier just to make sure that you get him. So are you willing to invest your first and seventh or first and eighth round picks in Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, or is that just too much? Yeah, I, I feel like this year more so than probably in the last four or five, I'm finding myself handcuffing guys, especially, uh, uh, you know, places where it's a good situation. Do I think Tony Pollard could be uh, you know, like uh, like a decent running back in that in the the Cowboy system. Yes, yes, I do. I mean, he's not going to be Ezekiel Elliott. I, in my opinion, Ezekiel Elliott is the best or the one B uh, running back in the NFL, not just fantasy. Like he, this guy can literally do everything. He never has to come off the field. Um, and, and Tony Pollard, I mean, he's just not. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not built like Ezekiel Elliott. He's not going to be able to run in between the tackles. Uh, you know, he, he's he's more of a, a slot receiver uh, kind kind of build. So, um, but I believe you should go after him. I like Matt. I was targeting him in the seventh round, and a guy took him in the seventh round uh, before me. I mean, this is the craziest league I play in. You just never know what's going to happen. He is a guy that knows his stuff. He's a co-commissioner with me, and he took his he took Pollard, and man, I was I was so mad. So I actually took Tony Pollard last night in the uh, the draft best ball championship. I took him in the eighth round, and I didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. So the guy who drafted Ezekiel Elliott was probably cursing me out. But I, I I looked at the upside there, and you know when you play in a best ball, especially for an overall prize in a in a best ball championship like that, I mean you're shooting for upside. So I figured, you know what the hell in the eighth round, Tony Pollard if. He ends up getting uh, you know, 15 touches a game with Ezekiel Elliott out behind one of the best offensive lines in football. There is massive upside there. I just want to add to you know what EY was saying about Tony Pollard, you know, really being more of a receiving back uh, than you know your typical running back. He is six foot, 210 pounds. Uh, he had a three-year career at Memphis. He actually played with Daryl Henderson in college. Uh, Tony Pollard did not handle more than 78 carries in any collegiate season. While he was at Memphis, he did have 104 receptions total in his three-year career, more so regarded as a pass-catching running back. But I think there is something to, as explosive as he's been, as good as he's looked in the preseason, he's not going to be able to handle the same kind of workload that an Ezekiel Elliott would. He never had more than 78 carries in any season in college. So just keep that in mind when handcuffing Tony Pollard with Ezekiel Elliott. It doesn't mean don't take him, but just, you know, don't, bring him up into like the sixth round or anything too crazy like that. So, you know, I want to ask you guys another question regarding Tony Pollard, and, and I was going to save this for later on, but it makes sense now to kind of transition it in. Would you rather have Tony Pollard or Darwin Thompson just in a vacuum, Modica, not if you're a Damian Williams owner, not if you're a I've Zeke owner, you. if you just want upside at the running back position, would you rather have Darwin Thompson or Pollard because they're now going within 10 spots of each other in NFFC drafts? Darwin Thompson's going to be my preference here. I, I, you know, as much as I do like Tony Pollard, even if Zeke comes back, I think he'll carve out a role. But I, I think Darwin Thompson is going to have a part of this offense without a doubt. Look, even if Williams has 70% or 75% of the offensive share, 25% of the Kansas City Chiefs offense is a damn good thing to be involved with. I want to invest in Chiefs. So I would go Darwin Thompson over Pollard. 
Darwin Thompson's ADP is up to 86 right now in <laughs> NFFC drafts. As I mentioned, Tony Pollard's ADP was 95. So they're going within 9, 10 spots of each other. Same question your way, EY. Uh, Darwin Thompson or Tony Pollard just in a vacuum if you want an upside running back in that you know eighth, ninth round range? I think uh, if I have Zeke, and, and I do have him in a lot of places, uh, then I would want Paul, Pollard because I do feel they're similar type players. But like what Matt said is Kansas City, Ch- Kansas City Chiefs offense, I want as many pieces of that as possible. Um, and, and the truth is, is like everyone said, you know, statistically I know Pat Mahomes is supposed to regress and, and he's supposed to not throw 50 touchdowns. But, I mean, I, I believe that this is a generational player. In 20 years, people will be talking about Patrick Mahomes, how he reinvented the quarterback position, how uh, he, he came into the league and, and just took it by storm and, and broke a bunch of rec- records. I believe, I mean, if there's anybody in the game right now that could throw another 50 touchdowns. It's him uh, in any read system with that, that, that many skill position players around him. And Derwin Thompson has really shown well. I know like the preseason is the preseason, but, but every time the guys touch the ball, he's looked awesome. So uh, yeah, I definitely want T- Thompson if I can get him. Yeah. And real quick to uh, piggyback off of EY's point, we hear the word regression fantasy baseball. We heard the word regression for Christian Yellick. And he's been even, like, better this yeah, season. Tell us about that, Modi. So, how's, how's that regression going? <laughs> so, you know, I don't see him not throwing at least 40 touchdown passes. I agree with you. So, and I think his over-under right now is, like, 36 and a half. Yeah. I, so I would be mean, slamming that mm-hmm, over. I mean, based on the weapons okay. that he has, it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, nothing has changed. He has Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. He has Sammy Watkins. They've added Nicole Hardman, who is, like, a lesser version of Tyreek Hill on the field with Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Damian Williams, who scored a bunch of receiving touchdowns down the stretch and in the playoffs as well. So when I saw that prop 36 and a half passing touchdowns for Pat Mahomes this year, that is something where I'm slamming the over. I don't see how he doesn't at least throw 38, mm-hmm. 39, you know, 40 plus touchdowns this season. Real quick, we're coming up on a break, and I'll introduce this if we need more time. We'll talk about it when we get back. I have the fifth pick in the. NFFC primetime today. You know, I have a few running backs in mind that are in consideration. Obviously, wide receivers. This is full PPR. Matt, David Johnson's ADP over the past week has slipped to 8.5. This is someone that was the consensus fifth overall pick while we assumed Ezekiel Elliott Mm -hmm. was going to play. Now, even with Zeke, you know, slipping a little bit, I've seen David Johnson still going in that 4-5 range. But in some of these high-stakes drafts, he's actually slipping I understand the offensive line for the Cardinals has not looked good in the preseason. David Johnson had 15 carries for 44 yards in the preseason. That's 2.9 yards per carry. He hasn't looked great, but something is telling me that Cliff Kingsbury has kind of kept a lot of this offense under wraps throughout the preseason. I'm not really that worried. Are you? Because it seems like the rest of the high-stakes industry is worried about David Johnson right now. No, no, I'm not really that worried. I'd probably maybe go Hopkins here. At five, if he's available. But for me, it's between David Johnson or James Conner. I, I explained my James Conner love early on. David Who Johnson, would you take between those two? David Johnson versus James Conner. It's Conner. been David Johnson, but now it's really like a coin toss. Because I just think the Steelers, I know what I'm getting. It's a much better line. It's been etched in stone through the years. We saw what Conner did last year before getting hurt. But David Johnson, as terrible as things were last year, was RB10. This is going to be a, a better offense. It's the preseason. Don't really pay it no mind. They're not going to show anything, in, in my opinion. And that's what you see. 
Yeah, and I tend to agree with you. We'll get EY's thoughts when we come back regarding David Johnson. Is this slip in his ADP necessary? Does it make sense? Also, David Johnson versus James Conner. We'll get those thoughts from EY when we come back. It's the Fantasy BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. It's Frank, Matt, and EY. We'll be back right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stanfield joined by Matt Modica live in studio. We have the psycho Eric Young on Skype as well. I mentioned before the break we were talking about David Johnson. EY, I want to get your thoughts now. This ADP slip down to 8.5 over the past couple of days in the NFFC. Is this warranted? And would you rather have David Johnson or... I know you. you I think you're a little bit more down on James Conner. Would you rather have another running back over David Johnson that we haven't mentioned yet? Um, Nick Chubb is the only one that I would take over him. He's, he's still there, but, um, yeah, I still like David Johnson and, and you know, like what Matt was saying with look at like, this is a new offense and they don't want to play their hand. They don't want to show anyone what it's really going to be. Even with the terrible offensive line and the offensive line hasn't been improved. I you mean, personnel wise, we don't know in this system what it's going to look like because they're, they're running a completely different offense. Having a quarterback that can run like that will improve the offensive line. There's not a single doubt in my mind that the offensive line will be improved just because you have to respect the fact that Murray can run like the wind. David Johnson in the historically one of the worst offenses ever was still running back 10 last year. This is a guy that is, is, I mean, he's not uh, maybe in his prime age, but he is still uh, a young running back. Uh, he, he's a big body, can catch, can run. Uh, there's been arguments to say that he's the best route, router, route runner as a running back in the NFL, and he can still run between the tackles. He can do everything, and I still believe in this offense. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think they're going to throw the ball. Their defense is not good. They're going to have to score. And uh, David Johnson is going to be the centerpiece. And I was actually talking about this with Greg the other day when we did our offensive line show, you know, talking about really good offensive lines and really bad offensive lines. And he asked me about the Arizona Cardinals and Matt. The way that I said that it kind of cancels out is by the volume that they're going to run, right? So, you know, even if we don't have as much efficiency that we hope for when it comes to David Johnson, he can, you know, he can have a low yards per carry and still be really good for fantasy. We saw that for Le'Veon Bell, his final season in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. He averaged 4.0 yards per carry. Why was he so good? Because of the volume, how many carries he had, so how many receptions he had. So I said, with David Johnson, even if the efficiency is bad, that can be canceled out by the fact that they're running as many plays as they are, and he's getting as many receptions as we hope he gets. Yeah, if you've seen the air raid offense, look, if, if, if I have David Johnson, I want him catching as many passes as possible, especially in the slot. He's just a nightmare matchup for anybody that, that they could put on him. You saw what he did the last time, you know, before he got injured in uh, 2017. So I, I still have to believe that this is a guy – 
it's going to be tough to pass on. I, I personally, my motto is buy the slide. Buy the slug. The slide. The slide. Buy the slide. I think he said buy the slug. That's why I was like, what do you mean by buy the slug? <laughs> buy the slide here. Buy the slide. really cool. Buy the slide when it comes to David Johnson. Uh, guys, I want to ask you about another running back who's been slipping down draft boards a little bit here, and it's Le'Veon Bell. Just mentioned him with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We all know he's not with the Steelers anymore. He's with crazy eyes, Adam Gase <laughs> and the New York Jets. His ADP over the past week, Matt, slipping down to 11.9. So this is someone that earlier on in draft season, he was going in that mid-first round range mm-hmm. right after David Johnson. He was going anywhere from pick six to eight. Now we see him going, you know, the end of the first round, the, the, that first round turn. Uh, you know, last night I saw him go at, I believe it was 2-3. I seen him go early second round uh, in this best ball draft that I was doing. So, you know, any concerns about Le'Veon Bell? I have brought this up. They're talking about him getting off to a slow start using Ty Montgomery to help him a little bit earlier on in the season. The Jets have a bye in week four. We could potentially not see Le'Veon Bell fully unleashed until week five. And it's like, at that point, what is your record in fantasy football looking like? So I think that there are legitimate concerns. I put out a poll the other day. Would you rather have Bell, Chubb, or Cook? Le'Veon Bell came in last place, Matt. Does that make sense? It actually does. And look, he's been away from the league for a year. He's no longer, he hasn't played since 2017. Yeah, he's no longer on the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is, you know, that's a big difference. As I was talking about the Steelers' way and everything like that. And honestly, I would take Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb ahead of him. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook's a guy that still isn't getting enough love here. I probably It's really close, but I'd go Cook over Chubb if I had one bullet to shoot. I would go in that direction. So I get it. Look, Ty Montgomery is... Somebody that Adam Gates really seems to like. He's looked good in the preseason. And if used correctly, he, he sets up really good. You can really utilize him uh, in, in the right offensive scheme. That said, look, Le'Veon Bell's ADP in four primetime drafts right now is in the second round. It's 2-2. So he's not even a first-round pick yeah. after four uh, high-stake drafts. In full PPR, though, oh, man, I just... No, that's a great it just seems crazy, though. Round, it seems like really good like value. That. Yeah, yeah like no. in, in a full PPR, I mean, this is someone that can still, you know, let's not get it twisted. They're talking about bringing back his touches a little bit from where they have been with the Steelers because, I mean, let's be honest, the Steelers were running the guy into the ground, but he could still give you 60-plus receptions this year, Matt. So, oh, yeah, no, he's, in full he's one PPR, of the best I mean, catching the ball in the backfield. Same question for you, EY. I mean, you know, when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, is this ADP slip, is this warranted? It sounds like, obviously, you'd rather have Nick Chubb. Would you rather have Dalvin Cook over Le'Veon Bell as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, For me, Chubb is is the number one uh, out of those three. Then then Cook, and he's not too far down. What worries me is just he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I know we're not supposed to think about that, but, like, um, he's scary. He's just scary. He's never ne- never played you know more than a handful of games. Uh, when he plays, I mean, he's electric. You can see it when he touches the ball. This guy is an absolute freak running back. But but what worries me a little bit about Cook is you've got uh, Madison, which they like, and you've got Boone, which uh, I mean, he's a freak athlete too. So uh, they're going to run the ball there. But with Le'Veon Bell, there's just too many unknowns. Uh, Do I think Darnold will be improved? Yes. Do I think their offensive line will be improved? Yes. But the big thing is, is he's not Ben Roethlisberger and they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, he's just playing in a lesser of an offense and I just don't believe he's going to be as productive and being away from the league for a whole year does worry me a little bit. And 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 he's definitely long in the tooth for sure for a running back in the NFL. Matt, I mentioned at the top of the show that I will be selfishly asking questions throughout the course of this show. So uh, 
I just got to ask you, in one of my home leagues, it's a keeper league this, uh, this weekend, I'm going to have the choice of Le'Veon Bell, Dalvin Cook, Julio Jones, and a half PPR. Which direction would you go in there? It's a keeper league? Yeah, I'm not going to end up keeping any of these guys because you have to give up the round value okay. that they go for the next year. So I'm not going to keep any of these guys. It's basically just who do you think is going to score the most points, I guess. I mean, Julio Jones probably the safest. Julio's probably the safest, and it's hard not to love what Atlanta can do. But I'm probably going to go Cook here. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you just want that running back, right? You I mean, want it's that like, but it's also the fact that, you know, they, they fired DiPolipo, what, like week 12 last year? Yeah. And then uh, they brought in, you know. Uh, it was Stefanski. The final three weeks of the season, the pass attempts dropped for Kirk Cousins from 40 to 27 mm-hmm. per game. And then, uh, what's his name, got named as assistant head coach. Gary Kubiak. Yeah, Kubiak, an assistant head coach, and they gave him some special kind of title. Basically, he's just helping them run the ball. Yeah, and he's going to insert his scheme, which I think is going to pay huge dividends for Dalvin Cook. And I, and I do think Stefan Diggs is going to be the wide receiver to own over, over Thielen in this new scheme. Good point, and I also have Stefan Diggs ranked one spot ahead of Adam Thielen myself, so we're in lockstep there. Uh, good point that EY brought up regarding Dalvin Cook. Look, the guy's missed 15 games in his first two seasons. He's had a torn ACL. He dealt with hamstring issues last year. Earlier in the show, we mentioned Tony Pollard and Darwin Thompson as two of the best handcuffs in fantasy football right now. Add Alexander Madison mm-hmm. to that list as well. Add Edo Smith to that list as well. You're just looking at running backs, starting running backs on teams that have been injury-prone, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman have been injury prone. So look at Alexander Madison and Ito Smith as two of the other top handcuffs in fantasy football this season. Ewa, I want to start this one off with you. It's regarding Antonio Brown. We just talked about one former Steeler. I want to get into the other former Steeler. This offseason, this preseason has just been completely bananas when it comes to Antonio Brown. You watch Hard Knocks, you see the video footage of his feet. It's disgusting. <laughs> And it's crazy everything that's gone on with him. You know, the helmet issues, which he's actually, you know, worked into an endorsement somehow. So, you know, maybe that's just the genius of Antonio Brown. Like, this is just what he was trying to do the entire time. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. His ADP has settled in at 21.23 right now in these high-stakes drafts. EY, would you be all right drafting Antonio Brown in that late second round range, that mid to late second round range? Uh, and would you rather have, you know, let's say, I think the next wide receiver after him is Keenan Allen. Do you like AB's ADP where it is right now? And would you rather have Antonio Brown or Keenan Allen in a full PPR league? Uh, I love both of these guys, uh, but I b- do believe that Antonio Brown is smarter than everyone thinks. Like, look, the rich get richer. The guy refuses to wear the helmet. And now some, you know, some helmet company is going to pay him a a boatload of money, which he doesn't need uh, to wear their helmet and have a custom helmet made. Um, the truth is, is, is I back him. Like, like if he wants to wear a helmet from 1943, then he should be able to. It's his head. It's his body. He should just sign a thing saying, I understand that I'm wearing a, a helmet. That's And the truth is, is the new helmets aren't going to change anything. You can get a concussion by getting punched in the stomach. This is a bunch of concussion bullcrap. We've gone through this on the show before. I'm not going to get into it. It's a bunch of mo- mumbo jumbo. Nobody knows about concussions. I don't care what anyone tells me. No one knows. Every person is completely different. But uh, Antonio Brown is maybe the one of the best receivers to ever play in the game. Derek Carr, count to two, throw the ball towards him. This guy's going to catch it. I'm not as worried about uh, him as everybody else. Like, look, it, Derek Carr is not Ben Roethlisberger. But Derek Carr, a couple years ago, almost won the league MVP on a team with, with nobody. 
So, uh, you know, I think Derek Carr is better than people are giving him credit for. I think they're going to be improved. Uh, the run game is going to be improved with Jacobs. Jalen Richard is going to catch a bunch of balls. Waller, the tight end, I, I like as a late sleeper. Tyro Williams has been a good receiver. If he's on the field, it's going to help Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is a stud. This is one of the best receivers to ever play. Matt, real quick, A.B. or Keenan Allen, full PPR, that late second round range, who are you going? Give me Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen for Matt Modiga. All right, when we get back, I got some questions regarding Joe Mixon, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper as well. We'll do all that when we get back. It's the Fantasy BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament setting their lineups using DailyRoto.com's DFS Lineup Optimizer. Or join the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Annual Pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION. For a 10% discount, that's promo code ACTION, for a 10% discount, dailyroto.com, where millionaires are made. Gentlemen, I want to ask you about Joe Mixon. I saw him go 3.1 last night. That's pick 25 overall for the math challenged out there. <laughs> Leonard Fournette and Devontae Freeman went ahead of Joe Mixon in this draft. It seems like the hate is going a little bit too far, Matt. I understand concerns about the offense and the offensive line, but we've seen running backs in bad offenses, in bad offensive line situations, still perform for fantasy. Joe Mixon is one of, and I believe this, one of the 10 most talented running backs in the NFL, maybe one of the five most talented running backs in the NFL. Has the hate gone too far when you see this guy drop all the way to 3.1 in drafts? Oh, absolutely. Uh, As you said, he's... One of the most talented running backs. If he was on an Uber offense, he would be a lock first-round pick. That's just plain and simple there. I understand, you know, it's the Bengals and with the offensive line injuries, the A.J. Green injuries. But for me, when I'm in that second round, if I'm, in the, if I'm picking in the middle of where Frank will be picking tonight, I'm pretty much really hoping that a Mike Evans or a Joe Mixon falls to me. And I can, you know, start have my second-round pick with one of those two guys, I think that would be fantastic. Well, I'm happy you gave me that idea, Matt, because this might be something that I'm looking at tonight in this NFFC primetime draft that I'm in. EY, in a full PPR draft, you know, this is something that I've actually thought about as well. Would you consider Damian Williams over Joe Mixon at this point? Because it is something I'm considering. Just, you know, when you put the offenses side-by-side and the fact that it is a full PPR league, you know, they're talking about the Bengals potentially using uh, Giovanni Bernard more this year in the pass game. So that's going to take away some of the, the, the pass work, obviously the receptions for Joe Mixon this year. In a full PPR, I think the argument can actually be made for Damian Williams over Joe Mixon. What says you? 
Yeah, and a full PPR for sure. I feel like the argument could get made, could be made. I mean, for me, I don't know if I could do that uh, if they're both there. Um, I think I'm going to probably take Mixon. I have him ranked two above Damian Williams right now. Um, but yeah, in a full PPR, I think it would be a really tough decision. And I think Damian Williams probably will produce more points in a full PPR. But but I don't really play in many full PPRs. It's mostly half. And I just think that Mixon is. Uh, He's just too good of a running back. Well, like all the other stuff be damned. Like, look, they're going to need him to carry the ball and catch the ball if they're going to be competitive. And uh, he's going to have a ton of volume. And we bo- all three of us know volume equals success in fantasy sports. And here's also what I'll say regarding Joe Mixon. Last year, his offensive line was not very good either, Matt. He no. finishes the RB9. So right. it's not like we haven't seen him perform with a bad offensive line before. I will say this, like, he basically took over as the workhorse running back last year. They didn't use Giovanni Bernard last year as much as they normally do. So if they're going to start to work Gio Bernard back in, it is something that I have some concerns mm. about. But if, if, and this is... I ain't buying it. When it comes to Zach Taylor coming over from the uh, Los Angeles Rams, I'm hoping that he kind of uses Joe Mixon the same way that Sean McVay has used Todd Gurley. I think that's going to that, be the recipe. That's going to be the formula. I'm not buying Giovanni Bernard getting in it. Look, if something happened to him and you could, you know, you have G, uh, Giovanni Bernard on your roster, yeah, you could plug and play him right in there. We've seen what he can do. But I think this is Mixon's role, you know, and I'm not really worried about uh, him catching, you know, Bernard coming in and catching more passes this year. Not buying a lot of it. It's kind of like in Chicago where they say they're going to scale back on Tariq Cohen. When games are on the line and they got to win games, Tariq Cohen is a freak and can help you win games. He's not going to be off the field. So, you know, when it gets down to the crunch time, the money players play. That's absolutely right. You take Joe Mixon over Damian Williams? Yeah, I'm going to do that. And I really like Damian Williams, and I love the Chiefs. But Joe Mixon, as I stated, if he was on a different offense, if he was on the Chiefs offense, he's probably a top five running back. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. Uh, you mentioned Tariq Cohen. I actually tweeted out a video of him once again doing like that backflip catch that he does every year. I mean, the guy, you're right, he's a freak athlete. I want to do a little bit of like a lightning round here just because we got about, you know, eight, ten minutes left in the show, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on these. So just regarding the Bears' backfield situation, which rookie would you rather have for redraft this year, not Dynasty Matt Modica, Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery? I'm going to go with Montgomery for the fact that I just like the Bears organization and current situation better than Oakland. And Oakland has a really tough sled to start the season. There's like five games. They can easily you know, end up 0-5, and, and it's against some tough defenses. So, you know, Jacobs is going to be good and stuff. I don't think Jalen Rashard is disappearing. I think he has that role. So, for me, I'd go Montgomery here. I'm going to throw this one your way. How scared are we of Amari Cooper's foot right now? He's got this plantar fasciitis that they're talking about. I've seen uh, Dr. David Chow on Twitter say that he believes Amari Cooper can play through this. Amari Cooper's ADP has slipped to 34.2 over the past week, whereas earlier on in draft season, he was like a borderline second, third round pick. How scared are you of Amari Cooper's foot right now, EY? 
I feel it's something you have to concern your with your, yourself with, but uh, getting Amari Cooper there, like, look, like this is a guy that came from another another organization, walked onto this team, learned the offense. You know, I mean, he, he was a very productive player in in a system that he didn't know. I believe that their their system will change. the The offense will grow under uh, the coordinator Moore there this year. Um, Gallup is going to take a big step forward, and that's going to help Amari Cooper. Dak is. You know, he's playing for a contract. Uh, I've already stated my fact of what I think Ezekiel Elliott will be there week one. I still believe that. Um, And and I think uh, Amari Cooper is going to be a big-time fantasy contributor this year. Matt Modica, Duke Johnson's ADP is up to 57.8 over the past couple of days in NFFC drafts. So that puts him at the end of the fifth round. How early is too early for Duke Johnson? I I think that's a a good spot for him. When you look at the fifth round, you're looking at these pass-catching backs for the most part. You know, I, I see like a DJ Moore falling into the fifth round. DJ Moore's there in the fifth round. You draft DJ Moore. Trust me on that. Don't even hesitate. You hit select. But, yeah, I, I think David uh, – David, I think Duke Johnson here is, uh, is a very good pick. I would take Miles Sanders over. Miles Sanders over Duke Johnson. How about Duke Johnson versus James White? Who you got there? I'm going to go with Duke Johnson this year. And James White's been one of my favorite fantasy players of all time. But now his price, he was always somebody that was there for you later on. Now you're paying for it. So I would go with Duke. Yeah, and plus with Josh Gordon there, Julian Edelman, and now Demarius Thomas, the ghost of Demarius Thomas, <laughs> is back. I don't know if anyone was watching preseason last night. I mean, what is going on with modern medicine? Where We're at the point now where you can tear your Achilles and you're back in eight months like you didn't even miss a beat. Emmanuel Sanders, someone who's r- risen up draft boards. Demarius Thomas goes 7-87-2 last night. Seven receptions, 87 yards, two touchdowns in the fourth preseason game. So, EY, I'll throw this one your way. Is Demarius Thomas worth a late-round flyer right now? You know, round 15-16 of your standard draft. Should you take a late-round flyer on Demarius Thomas? Yeah, why not? I mean, he, he's playing uh, in a great offense. You know, I mean, the, the, someone has to be the goal line guy. There's, you know, Gronkowski's not there anymore. Uh, I know Edelman gets used that way and scores touchdowns, but I mean, the reality is, is Tom Brady wants a big body to like walk into the end zone, turn towards him, and then jump up and box everybody out and catch it. That's what Demarius Thomas has done. Uh, that's that's what he's very good at. Uh, and in that offense, I mean, we don't know what Josh Gordon's going to be. Uh, he's a guy that's going way, way in front of him. But the reality is, is Demarius Thomas could have better fantasy value than Josh Gordon this year. Josh Gordon's ADP, I'm happy you brought him up, EY. Over the past couple of days, his ADP is 67.8. So that puts Josh Gordon smack daddy in the middle of the sixth round, Matt Modica. Is it Josh Gordon time? Because I don't know that, you know, Antonio Brown is someone who has a wide range of outcomes and, you know, there's a very high ceiling, there's a very low floor. I think you could say the same thing about Josh Gordon. Give us the high stakes mindset for drafting someone like Josh Gordon in those middle rounds because I think he still does have the talent and obviously the situation where he can be someone that helps you win leagues, Matt Modica. I, I do agree with that. And I think, you know, he's got to be a strong consideration there. You look at his numbers from last year, especially after those first couple games, the Patriots kept him around. They knew he was going to, you know, they kept this investment. They were with him the whole way. The league cleared him to play week one. Uh, and you, you got Edelman has a role. Gordon has a role. They're a better team with Josh Gordon on the field. Now, you have the, his personal demons that you have to consider. 
which can pop up at any time. So that's the hesitation as far as for me with Josh Gordon. And just another little fact. Patriots would have uh, had the third most rushing attempts in the NFL last year. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a correlation with Tom Brady getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. We saw that in the postseason, where normally in the postseason, that's where they lean on Tom Brady. That wasn't the case. That's where they really leaned on Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead and James White and all those guys. And you know what's crazy? I was talking about this with someone last night, Matt. Tom Brady went from, you know, one of these quarterbacks that you're getting super late in drafts. You're still getting him super late. Someone that had no weapons to all of a sudden this guy has Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas on the outside, and Julian Edelman in the slot, and James White still catching passes out of the backfield. And real quick on Julian Edelman, uh, the last time he played 16 games a couple of years ago, he put up a fantastic line. Last year, if you take the, the, the 12 games he played and the three playoff games, it's an incredible season. So he's another guy that you just, if he's there for you, he's just a solid pick. And he has such a rapport with Tom Brady, yeah, too, no, where you know, even if Josh Gordon's playing, even if Demarius Thomas is playing, you know that Julian Edelman mm-hmm. is still the go-to guy. He is the number one in the pecking order. And if you look at his career splits with Gronk on the field versus without Gronk on the field, Julian Edelman's targets, receptions, touchdowns per game all go up. And he actually had 20 red zone targets last year, Matt, only playing in those 12 games. So I, I, originally I had said... I think that Julian Edelman was going to put up a career year in terms of touchdowns this season, but now with Josh Gordon coming back and Demarius Thomas, those are some bigger-bodied wide receivers. I am souring on that a little bit, but I still think that Julian Edelman could have. I hope he drops. A if great he drops, season. if he Especially drops, I'm in, in. in full PPR. Look, you get him in that mid-third round range, that late-third round. Look, I saved the best for last, guys. It's Chris Godwin, the best wide receiver of all time. Chris Godwin. I took him at three oh eight last night in this best ball draft that I was competing in, uh, the ADP is up to 35. EY, I'm going to throw a few names your way, and you just let me know Chris Godwin or this player. Chris Godwin or Amari Cooper, EY? Uh, for me, it's Amari Cooper. Matt, Chris... Uh, he's, a number, he's a number one. Godwin is the two. Evans is the guy there. Um, I like Chris Godwin, but the reality is, is, is Amari Cooper, I think, is in a better spot. Matt, Chris Godwin or the Vikings wide receivers? I'm still going to go with the fucking wide receivers, but Godwin, look, I get, look, the opportunity for him there in the slot. Look at Bruce Arians' career with slot receivers. It's, I, I know it's getting crazy. His ADP is 26 in four NFC primetimes. Oh, my God. That's 26. early third-round range. So I might not even get him in the middle of the third round tonight. Uh, someone that I obviously was looking at. Ewa, I'll throw it back your way. Chris Godwin or the Rams wide receivers? Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. What do you got, EY? Oh, geez. I, I think I'd probably take all three of those guys above them. I have them listed uh, uh, Cooks, Woods, Cup, but uh, I, I ended up, I'm ending up with Cup on a bunch of my teams. Um, he's basically the tight end there. He's going to score touchdowns uh, from all uh, reports as he has looked great and just as athletic as ever. So, uh, like you said, tip of the cap to modern medicine. Matt Modica, real quick, Chris Godwin or Julian Edelman? <sighs> I'll go Godwin here. Go with Godwin for Matt Modica. I want to thank you so much for coming in studio, Matt. As always, I want to thank EY for showing up as well. Frank Stanfield, we'll see you back on Tuesday. No programming Monday, we hope. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Matt Modica here live in studio. We have Eric Young over on Skype. And we were talking about Ezekiel Elliott just before we hit the break. I'm going to ask you guys just like a, a piggyback question off Ezekiel Elliott. Matt, if you do end up with a share of Ezekiel Elliott at the back end of the first round, mm-hmm. how early is too early when it comes to drafting Tony Pollard? Because we've heard the reports about, all right, it could be six weeks. I know you were just telling me during the break that Ezekiel Elliott only needs like three games of service time for this account as an accrued season. So there's a chance, there's still a chance that Ezekiel Elliott misses a large portion how early is too early to take Tony Pollard if you have Ezekiel Elliott as well? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you take Zeke, you have to hone in on Tony Pollard. Uh, say he was going in the ninth round, I have to be interested in him in, in, in the seventh round. And, you know, depending upon who's there, how I set my team up, what other running backs I have is going to be critical in that aspect as well. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with, like, Damian Williams. I like Damian Williams and all. But if I draft Damian Williams, I am making it a prerogative to have Darwin Thompson. Even if I don't have Damian Williams, I'm still making it a prerogative to have Darwin Thompson. I'm just going to be even that more aggressive. So Tony Pollard over the past two days of NFFC drafts going off the board at 95.3. That's his ADP. So that's in the eighth round. Mm -hmm. Uh, EY, do you feel the need to have to get Tony Pollard, if you also draft Ezekiel Elliott, you know, if he's going in the eighth round of some of these high-stakes drafts, you might have to pull him up around earlier just to make sure that you get him. So are you willing to invest your first and seventh or first and eighth round picks in Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, or is that just too much? Yeah, I, I feel like this year more so than probably in the last four or five, I'm finding myself handcuffing guys, especially, uh, uh, you know, places where it's a good situation. Do I think Tony Pollard could be, uh, you know, like, like a decent running back in that, in the, the Cowboy system? Yes, yes, I do. I mean, he's not going to be Ezekiel Elliott. I, in my opinion, Ezekiel Elliott is the best or the 1B uh, running back in the NFL, not just fantasy. Like, he, this guy can literally do everything. He never has to come off the field. Um, and Tony Pollard, I mean, he's just not He's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not built like Ezekiel Elliott. He's not going to be able to run in between the tackles. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's more of a, a slot receiver uh, kind, kind of build. So, um, But I believe you should go after him. I, like Matt, I was targeting him in the seventh round and a guy took him in the seventh round uh, before me. I mean, this is the craziest league I play in. You just never know what's going to happen. He is a guy that knows his stuff. He's a co-commissioner with me and he took his, he took Pollard and man, I was, I was so mad. So I actually took Tony Pollard last night in the uh, the draft best ball championship. I took him in the eighth round, and I didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. So the guy who drafted Ezekiel Elliott was probably cursing me out 